Hey guys, what's going on? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is myself and Greg Piatelli doing a 10 topics, 5 minutes format. We talk Mookie Betts trade, NBA trade deadline, NBA all-star rosters, some NHL updates, some fan segments that were sent in that include me explaining the Bachelor to Greg, stadium snacks, and of course, the Oscars. This was a lot of fun to record. Thank you so much for everybody who submitted in segments. As always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Search the bullpen cart on Facebook and join our Facebook group where you can submit in fan segments for these types of podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, and enjoy this episode, guys. This was a lot of fun. You're really going to enjoy it. And here, Oe, go. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I, of course, am the G-Man Jordy Cannell. Joining me for this 10 Topics 5 Minutes edition Making his debut on the format, by the way, is the man, the myth, the legend himself, coming back for his second 2020 pod, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Pretty doing well. Uh, a little excited for this. Jared set the bar so low that I can only go up from here. However, <laughs> third and girls set the bar. Third and girls set the bar so high. So, uh, if I can find the little. Uh, the happy medium, the the Goldilocks zone, if you will, the middle place. Uh, I was gonna say the Jim Halpert then, zone. Just do enough. Yes. Keep then, uh, then I'll be good because, like I said, Jared set the bar so low and didn't go set so high, so I just gotta be somewhere in the sweet spot. Yeah, you know, uh, no comment. I lo- I love all my co-hosts equally, uh, except for Emily. I love her the most. Oh, but... I was gonna say. Yeah. Don't well, let Dirt Girl hear you say that. It, she knows. She knows. But anyway, for those that are unfamiliar with the 10 Topics 5, five Minutes format, geez, tongue twist and tongue tied there. Um, it is, as the name implies, we pick 10 topics. We do five minutes on each, at most five minutes. We submitted a bunch, or we submitted a poll, on it, and you, the listeners, voted on it on our new Facebook group to give us some suggestions of what to talk to. We have some of those in there. There were a bunch that we did want to talk about, so we're going to start off with the probably one of the biggest stories of our namesake of the podcast, the bullpen cart, baseball. One of the biggest stories coming across was a now former outfielder of the Boston Red Sox, Mookie Betts, being traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Greg, of course, a big Red Sox fan. That's what uh, prompted us to want to do this podcast. Greg, it's been a couple days. How you feel, my friend? Loaded question, Jordy. It's a loaded question. Um, is this one of our topics? Is this topic one? It's topic one. All right, perfect. So I can go off here. So the whole thing was from the beginning, the ownership group has said, we want to be under the luxury tax. We want to be under the luxury tax. We want to be under the luxury tax. They are tired of losing draft picks, paying extra money, blah, 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 blah. Now, Boston is a large market team, correct? Yep. 
Yes. Why are they acting like a small market team, one may ask? I have no effing clue. Okay? They're out here hiring Bloom from the Rays, who's a small market team, blah, 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 making all these small market moves when you're a large market team. The whole point is that you can spend the money on players. They raise ticket price. They raise season ticket prices for the Red Sox game this year and turn around and get rid of their best player. All because Mookie wanted 12 years, 450. The Red Sox offered him 10 years, 300 mil. Big difference, sure. But when Mookie, who is the best player in baseball, better than Jordy's beloved Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, you pay him like the best player in baseball. Now, I'm glad they got rid of Price's contract. I'm fine with that. But you overpaid for Evaldi. You overpaid for Sale. David Price at least has lasted every season he's been in. Sale hasn't lasted the whole season. Evaldi hasn't lasted the whole season. Like, you get rid of those guys. Get them off the books. There's other ways they could have been under the luxury tax. They essentially punted on this year after J.D. Martinez opted in uh, for one more year, one more run with Mookie, one more run with this core. And what do they do? They go out and trade Mookie. And now, you know, uh, J.D. Martinez is like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving after this year. Now everyone's saying that they they loan Mookie out for prospects and they'll, get, they'll re-sign him in the offseason. Not happening. Mookie's not coming back here. They're not going to pay him enough luxury tax, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, no. Just bullshit move. How do you – it's like it, – it's honestly like giving up it's the it's giving up Dave Ruth, you know. It's it's this is the new curse. It's it's this is this is the new the curse of the Mambino, the curse of fucking Mookie. This is the new curse. It's you give up the the best player in all of baseball before he even reaches prime. Wow, a lot of feelings there. I gotta tell you, I agree. I think it's a really weird move. I said it to you Tuesday night. I said it on Twitter. I said it on a couple other places, Facebook groups and whatnot. This is the definition of four quarters do not equal a dollar because I don't think you give up any. I don't know why you give him up. It's He's a player that's transcendent in outfield. We talked about it in the World Series two years ago. That he could, If need be, you could move him. He's naturally an infielder. You could move him there. If you wanted to try to figure out something, you could. And, and I get it that you you know there was talks that fell through and Mainly, mainly years was a big part of it too, and I guess that's a big part. That's you know at the end at the end of it I've, at, of the contract of how long that that ends up running. You know, I guess I get it. I mean, I'm saying this as someone whose favorite team is has a 330 million dollar man on for 12 more years. So I you know years to me is not that huge of a deal, and I'm also a fan of a big market team. So I kind of understand that of of. The frustration of not wanting to spend when you have the opportunity to, and not to make this about the Phillies, but they're they're figuring out that they kind of have to because otherwise they're going to lose JT Romuto because arbitration's going to fall through. You're going to piss him off. He's going to walk. Why you wouldn't try to make this sort of thing work? Because now there's such this ripple effect that become that becomes from it. Like you were saying, um, I agree though. Getting rid of this price contract. I don't know how else you would have done it outside of packaging him in with somebody, whether it's prospects or something else, or just bite he's him. not even the, he's not even the he's not even the worst contract. Yeah, I, I mean, was going to say, or Chris, just bite the bullet and just let him, you know, let another year. Chris Sale's the worst contract. Evaldi, Evaldi's the worst contract. I mean, yeah. they have worst con. Yeah, the price contract was bad. Yes, he was the highest paid player at the time when they signed him. He was definitely past his peak. Yeah, but it, it's it's. 
Yes, that that's that. And I get, oh, we got to trade Mookie now because we're going to lose him in free agency, so we might as well get prospects for him. Why not trade him in the middle of the year? Why not trade him like when teams are desperate and they actually need him? Sure. You know, like get get actual prospects back instead of some guy who just had Tommy John, a, a closing pitcher who just had Tommy John from the Minnesota Twins, and a guy with attitude problems and potentially like a series. Like the, the deal is going to fall through because this 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 guy from the this outfielder from the Dodgers is missed all of last year being hurt. Yeah, that, so, and that's the other part that we that we didn't touch upon is that it's now pending because because of it of a physical and how all that goes. So if it falls through, I mean, and the re- did you just bite the bullet or, or did you avoid the bullet rather? Or do you think they just end up turning around to go trade it and then we got to move on? And 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 you and I have to move on or the the, the segment ended. Around? Uh the 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 yeah, the biggest thing is that the Red Sox athletic staff is notorious for being terrible, and and they're not they're not good in terms of fixing players and putting them on the wrong regiments and, like the and workout stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's a whole other you know can of worms that we can open another time. But it's 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 honestly the like you said, you was ripple effect. The ripple effect won't be felt for you know we're going to be feeling the Red Sox will be feeling the ripple effects of this trade for years and years to come. Thousand percent. But anyway, negatively. <clears throat> we will cover all of that as we get into spring training, which is, Greg, we're so close to pitchers and catchers reporting. Cannot wait. But let's move on. Truck day. Oh, yeah. Soon. But the NBA trade deadline was today, Greg. It was about almost eight hours ago here on the East Coast or across the country. But a lot of big moves happened. Started last night hearing the trade of Andre Guadalla to the heat. The other big trade that went down was D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors and Timberwolves swapping players and the Warriors getting a couple, a couple picks out of the deal from, from Minnesota. Uh, the Sixers also made some deals with the Warriors. Then they also shipped it, shipped James Ennis off to Orlando. The Clippers added Marcus Morris, got him away from the Lakers who wanted to try to get Marcus Morris as well. Greg, what have your thoughts been as all these different trades were coming across the board? So the Warriors, I guess, are punting on this year. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Clay's out for most of the year. I don't know when Steph comes back. Uh, so yeah, they're so they're, they're punt. They're punt. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely punting on this year. Um, the Warriors also get a first round pick unless it's top three. So yeah, that's it's top three nice. protected um, in in next year's draft, a 2021 pick. So that's nice. Uh, the Clippers getting Morris. I mean, Morris was a Celtics for a while. He's good. They also got IT former Celtics. So, um, pretty good if you ask me, Yeah. but do they really need a guard? And, and I guess they need some big help. Um, Morris is sort of a, another grinder, uh, physical defensive presence, which they get with Paul George and Kawhi. So this team's just defensively is going to be unreal like the Celtics when uh, they had Doc and won it. Um, the the move I don't get is Andre Drummond going to the Cavs. Yeah, I don't get this either. I've been trying to figure out what it is that both teams were thinking, and we were watching Inside the NBA, which we're going to talk about the, uh, the main bulk of that in a minute, but they were freaking out. Uh, Kenny Smith was saying this is the end of the center in the NBA because the Pistons are just disrespecting him, sending him to the Cavs because he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. 
uh, or, or you can opt out. So basically the same thing. And he's probably not going to resign with the Cavs. But I don't know why you send him to a team. I don't know what the Cavs are thinking, I should say that. Because they send off two players and a second rounder, which in 2023, which, you know, basically change at this point. I don't there, know there was, why they're there was, Yeah, I don't know why sorry, they're trying to attract talk, him. Or, yeah. There was talk that the Celtics were going to go after him. Which I would have liked that move. I think that works. Are the are the Cavs even in the playoffs? No, they're not. Hunt? They're like they're in the they're in the middling zone. They're either in purgatory, I'm gonna pull up the standings now. Or Yeah, they're no, they're in dead last. Holy shit. They're thirteen and thirty nine. Which that's the crazy thing that that Kenny Smith freaking out about centers, because Clint Capella, we didn't really talk about that that aspect of the of the ripple effect of Andre Iguodala. He ends up going to or no, no no that's the Robert Covington trade I'm sorry I'm, my wires are crossing but Clint Cabela like, ends up Covey. in the Hawks and it's two two marquee name centers ending up on dead last teams it's wild to me oh yeah and the Rockets I guess needed Covington Covington uh well just helps with 76ers right yeah he was with the Sixers for a while he's a three and D guy the problem with him this year is that he couldn't really figure out a shot his defense has been solid though so either he adds the possibility of whenever Harden or Westbrook wants to give up the ball, which is, you know, 5% of the time, maybe they throw it over to him and maybe he makes a shot. But his defense certainly helps out a lot because that's really been their big issue is that they let up an ass ton of points at 114. It's the highest in the Western Conference. Or no, Memphis is higher. Highest, though, out of any playoff team in the West and in the East. He's- it's not even close he's, to the, he's there. The the highest in the so East is even close there. to one fourteen. Yeah, so he's there to cover LeBron, cover Kawhi, cover yeah. Giannis if they make it that far. Yeah, I mean, right now they're the they're the four seed, so they play the Jazz, which actually turns into a, into quite the defensive series, which would be very intriguing to see. I mean, he's obviously not gonna t- not gonna guard one of the bigs in Utah, but certainly can help out there. Maybe throw him on Donovan Mitchell or something like that. Um, I don't know. It becomes really interesting because the Lakers are, wow, they're six and four in their last ten. But they're, I feel like they're going to slip up at some point. Either the Clips, maybe the Nuggets figure it out and get the one seed. I just don't think the Lakers have the steam to stay up there. Isn't the isn't yeah? They definitely do. LeBron, AD, they definitely can stay at the one seed. Isn't um, in my opinion, isn't uh, fuck. Ah oh, fuck! What were we talking? What were we talking about? Sorry, what we were doing trades. Oh, the and I, and I took it on the other way. Isn't isn't is isn't Russell Westbrook like a good defender? He's, he's yeah, he's a good defender. He's hurt now too, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean that the Clint Capella didn't really make sense because they need that big. They liked him there. Um, I think it was Houston, the only way but, to get the Covington deal done because they had to bring in the Hawks. Uh, the the Andre Iguodala thing made no sense to me. I mean, everyone's talking like he's like this all, the greatest player. Like he hasn't played all year. He's old. He's Washed up, like, and they're paying just... him, they're paying him thirty million in an extension over two years, which is kind of wild. I was just say they extended him for two more years, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, but anyway, um, um, but we is that were... the five minutes is that the clock? That was, was the there a buzzer clock. There? That, was the, that was the buzzer. But staying in the NBA, we met, we alluded to it. What's next? The All Star Game draft. We got it. We got a. We actually need like a five minute buzzer. We need to like spice this up next time because whenever I listen to these, I never 
there's not enough of a transition. It's just like a. Well, we just keep oh, moving now we're on. About there's next like topic. it's like it's not like PTI where there's like well there we have the we have the dinger on my phone. Um, Chime going. Well, you know you can hear that. Beep, 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 beep. Anyway, right, what's next? Staying in the NBA, we alluded to it before. The All Star Game lineups were chosen tonight, or the rosters in the draft between LeBron and Giannis. They pick their teams, Greg. Giannis decided to go mainly east. LeBron went mainly west. Giannis picked my boy Joel Embiid first overall and then took his guy, Chris Milton, in the draft of reserves. LeBron took Ben Simmons, as you might imagine, because they're boys. Greg, what are your thoughts on these two teams? Uh, <laughs> Jason Tatum playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kawhi and Ben Simmons. I mean, LeBron's team is way better if if we're being honest. And uh, I don't know, Giannis looks like he just threw darts at the wall and whoever it hit is who he picked. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, LeBron's team's definitely better in my opinion. The the NBA stole this idea from the NHL, and there's a reason why the NHL um, went back to sort of conference versus conference because realistically you want to watch your player play with his own guys. Like right now, the two Celtics are split up. You know, obviously the the Bucks they're on the same team, but you know you kind of want to watch your guys play with other East All Stars or your guys play with other West All Stars or if they did the USA versus the world or whatever they may do. Um, I don't know how I like, I don't know how I feel about the format itself, but uh, there's a reason why the NHL keeps reinventing the all-star game. And, and they're the only ones that have pretty good viewership for the all-star game compared to others. Well, MLB does a decent job, but I get what you're saying. It's um, true. The MLB does do a decent job, but that's still East versus West or whatever. NLAL. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that if they're just like NL East, AL East versus <laughs> versus the Centrals versus the West? Yeah, right. Top, middle, and bottom of an of an inning. Do like a uh, a batting practice, like a like a Top Golf style with with uh, batting with batting practice, and then do you remember do that like in MVP a, baseball? They did that. That was like a like mode. A, it was like hit the hit the school yeah. bus in left field with a line drive. Seriously, they they can do that with the MLB. Give everyone ten swings and see how many points without hitting home runs, see how many points you can get, and uh, give them five shots at a home run ball, and then you get uh, you get pitchers. You don't have to throw hard, but you get their accuracy. See who can hit what, um, and then just tally points that way based on yeah, yeah. divisions or whatever it is. I like that idea. Yeah. We just fix Major League Baseball. Not that they needed it, but um, yeah, I don't know how I feel. Summer. I agree I don't with know you. How the... I feel about the the format. Yeah. So the, I like the concept of like them doing the winner of the quarter gets to donate. Cause that way, like in theory, they're going to trade off every other quarter. So both, both charities get some money. Uh, I still, I'm not sure if I like the, the concept of the, we're, we're saying fuck the clock and we're playing to this number. I get the purpose of it. It's so that like hack a shack, hack a Jordan, Gets thrown out of there, right? Isn't that the idea? Because there's no more clock; it's just to a number. But I don't if know. You're, it's... you're jumping. You're jumping through without explaining the rules. They, they. It's. I feel like it's more a big three style with the with the rule changes a little bit. There, whatever that three on three. Well, the idea is. is so it's, it's just the first three quarters is a regular game, 
and I think where people got confused was that they just said whichever team scores more within the quarter, they win the quarter and get to, and they uh, they sent you know they whatever charity Giannis and LeBron picked that charity gets money, and then after three quarters, whoever's winning the the overall game gets to you know that they add twenty four to that score. So if it's like eight, it, so if it's like a hundred and ninety five. You add 24 to that, so you say, all right, we're playing a 24, first, or 124. First to 124 wins. And no clock, it's just up to there. The idea, I think, behind the theory, I forget who came up with it. It's like some dude's last name. But I think it's to get rid of Hack-A-Shack and not make the end of a basketball game, the last like, last two minutes, go on for 20 minutes because people are fouling and, and all that shit to try to chip away at a, at a deficit. Hey, but but they don't do that in the All-Star games. I understand what you're saying. They yeah. want to try and implement it in real life, but they're not going to implement it in real life. They don't do that in All-Star games. They don't intentionally foul people in All-Star games. No, 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 so I it understand. Really sense there, but, the idea, too, um, is it was the, 24 because of Kobe. The, I'm sure, though, they were planning on doing this regardless if, if Kobe never died. So the charity thing is cool. Um, I definitely like it, and... Um, that's a good little spin on it. I I don't want to say I'm getting Kobe, Kobe fatigue, but the the thing that really made me upset today was the middle school in which Kobe's daughter went mm-hmm. had a little little ceremony today at school, and who whatever it was they televised it. That's all. To me, that seems that's all yeah. Overkill. To me, that seems like they're trying to make. Yeah, well, not even that. They're tr- it seems like the middle school is trying to make money off of, off of this legacy. And I get Kobe Bryant is bigger. Well, it was a charter school, me- right? Memorized. So it was, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe should be mem- should be memorialized. That's you know for the game of basketball for the All Star game. I'm fine with that. But like, oh, everyone's wearing Giannis's or Gianna's number, and oh, I'm a I'm a dad daughter or whatever daughter Girl dad, dad whatever it is. Yeah, um, that. To me, is people are, people in death always make it about themselves, and that's frustrating to me. But I agree. We it's should tough. keep it keep it to what it is yeah. the the sad sad death of many people's lives. Yes. Um, anywho, anyway, moving Jordy, on. Let's go to the ice. Next Greg. topic. This is one of the fan topics. No, we uh, we have three more before we get into the fan topics. Unless you want to start with uh, the hockey. No, fan no, topic. I was just I was just making. I just, I just wanted to make sure that people we're moving on, but I just want to make sure that people uh, know that they had a say and we're actually picking their ideas. We are picking their ideas. Oh yeah, we're gonna give uh, everybody okay. who came up okay. with the ideas their their credit. You've actually already shouted Stop out it. two of them, but we'll get there. To the ice, though. Next topic. The NHL trade deadline is a few weeks away, Greg. As the NBA's come has come and gone, the NHL's is on the horizon. Now we haven't. There aren't a ton of rumors that have been thrown out there outside of seeing the bigger trades like Taylor Hall get thrown get traded. Um, Toronto Toronto made a deal a little earlier this week. Greg, looking ahead to the trade deadline, how big of deals do you think we may or may not see? You very rarely um very rarely see big players. You you see third line, maybe maybe second line centers, but rarely rarely the first line center or first line guys. 
Um, or if it's a big one, you may see Shea Weber for P.K. Subban. Those are like two huge names. But yeah. the big one right now, obviously, is Chris Kreider uh, with the Rangers. That's He's being rumored to be sought after by a lot of teams. Uh, the Bruins and the Capitals and blah, blah, blah. Um, there are some interesting names that are on the block. Uh, Ilya, Ilya, Ilya Kovalchuk is on the block as well. Yeah. The Canadians just picked him up. There's, It's so tough, Jordy. I, I'm not sure that you're going to see a couple goalies on the block. I'm not sure you're going to see too many big names this year just because the top teams are the top teams. And uh, you may say that, but every year the big teams or big names always go. But like guys like Coyle and, you know, sort of second, third line guys, that that's more the speed of the NHL trade deadline as opposed to D'Angelo Russell's of, of the world NBA style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I what's think your it's... Opinion on it? What's your opinion on it, Jordy? No, I agree with you. And, and the even the trade you highlighted of... Subban for Weber, that was an NHL draft day move. Or I think it was like the day before the draft, but still. And then Subban to the Devils earlier this year was, uh, I think, day two of the draft. But And that's kind of what we've seen of the bigger names in the last decade. Pronger to the Flyers, all those types of deals. Um, I do think we'll see, I think we might see a little more activity of teams trying to acquire those depth guys. Because that's, I think, what the, what the name of the game is in terms of trying to... To get there, I don't think we're going to see, though, like I, I've hypothetically thrown out like t- names of guys in Ottawa. I think they're probably going to lean more the way that Detroit is, of that they're really just, you know, punting, like you've been saying, uh, using for NBA terms. Uh, Detroit really is, is in a very uh, spot, and Ottawa really is, is quickly falling into, the, into there. They lost again tonight. They had been such a strong home team, and really that is not been the case as of late um they've had a slew of western conference opponents that have just come in and really beat them up in their own in their own barn um we're talking a little bit off air about buffalo who maybe you might see some of their names get thrown around in the mix especially depending on when the bigger dominoes fall like if Kreider goes in the next week or so you know the trade deadlines is three weeks from tonight or from today i think so if he goes the next week or so, maybe you hear guys from a Buffalo, a Montreal, not just Kovalchuk, but like maybe some other guys that are out. They're out with the Canadians. Um, I don't think if Toronto really, if it really goes sour for them more, that you might hear more names because I feel like they're above 500 right now. They're knocking close enough to a playoff spot that they aren't going to completely punt it. But if they, you know, I mean, if this losing streak and their cold snap really gets bad, maybe you might hear a third or fourth liner go out there and maybe they try to pick up, you know, maybe a prospect, an AHL guy that's kind of on the cusp of making the NHL. I feel like those are the kind of deals we might start to see more and more of. But again, I think the timing of it all all happens to, is all important because we kind of saw it last year with when the Rangers ended up trading Kevin Hayes. They traded him a little later and not that Hayes was the big prize because you had uh, Duchesne, Dezingle, all the guys that the that the Blue Jackets ended up scooping up. But you know, you, you saw that though that that a lot of these deals ended up having close closer to the deadline. So I feel like we may. I I hope we don't. I think we've seen in all sports, not just in hockey, that these bigger name trades because these players have been on the block for longer than just 
say a we're waiting until July 30th in Major League Baseball to di- to determine whether or not this pitcher is available. I feel like we've seen the opposite happen in, in hockey, basketball, even football. You've seen some with how few trades there are in the NFL. But I don't know. Hopefully, I'd like to see some more action. I'd like to see, but it, but it depends on the breakup that happens in the East. The West is outside of the Central. Say the, West, the West is a little one wild. one one final point before we go home or before we move on. The East, not a lot of like all these shitty teams like. It's the Eichels of the world that aren't going to get traded. No. In the West, virtually every team is still in it. So realistically, you're not going to have too many sellers in the West. You know, in the East, there's not enough good or not enough pros- talented young or even older veterans that are. I guess it's a good enough. point, though, because to that, like Minnesota, Minnesota just won tonight. Now is two games out of a playoff spot. They're they have 56 yep. points. Calgary is is currently the last spot in the West at sixty. So that's it's actually a really good point. I thought maybe Minnesota might might throw out one of their veteran names like a Sutter, throw him out as a def- you know for a team looking for a veteran defenseman. I know he has a big contract, so that's kind of tough. So they might have to eat some money, but they have a new GM who might be able to finagle something. I don't know. And I mean, they, if you look at if you look at it, I mean, the Kings who just traded away some of their guys, yeah, they're out. And and but other than that, like they're the only ones that are really out Ducks, of it. Even Anaheim's still kicking it. Uh, in there, yeah, the Ducks are the, the Ducks are ten points out of a playoff spot, which is not insurmountable. And not especially and not in the, the Pacific. Sharks. The Pacific is so exactly. long. Exactly, and the right. Sharks are healthy. They're beating Edmonton right now four two. So it's like, you know, there 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 is room for teams to move up and make the playoffs in the yeah. West, except for probably the Kings, and they just traded away their their guys that yeah. they traded away so realistically it's uh you know it's like i said unless suban gets traded from the devils and and the ranger I mean, we talked about crater already and um detroit is so young they're not getting rid of anyone yeah, that, ottawa they ottawa yeah they tried to like dish out one of the vets they snagged uh i don't know um, that that's an interesting one though but since we were talking about the west the west let's roll right into there give some NHL West updates. We were alluding to it a little bit, but it's wide open for the most part, which mainly that Pacific division has turned into one of the more interesting conversations, I feel like, because the Central is so solid. Obviously, the Blues are really good. Colorado's figuring it out. They're kind of in this weird lull. Dallas has had a really good good kind of second quarter of the season. They're in a little bit of a bump now. Winnipeg's figuring it out a little bit. The Blackhawks are hanging in there. Nashville might figure it out, and Minnesota. We were just talking about they're somehow still in this. Although I think that's not gonna not gonna uh, last for too long. I think their defense is just too tough. Their offense. I also think if they if they had a if it push comes to shove, I just don't think their offense is up to snuff. But anyway, the Pacific Division though, with what Vancouver's doing, hanging hanging up there. With 65 points, 30 wins, and an offense that can really do it well with Pedersen, and a defense that's led by young studs, including Quinn Hughes, who is up there right now for Rookie of the Year, either him or, K- or Kale McCarr. Greg, what are we supposed to think about the, about the I almost said the AL West, about the NHL Western Conference? 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because you mentioned that they just beat up on each other and there's a bunch of good teams and it's almost um almost you could argue, you know, big baseball pod that we are, the 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 West or the National League from two years ago, when the American League had those top four teams that were beating up on all the shitty American League teams and the National League was just like a crapshoot because everyone was even last year, you know, they they played each other, they they took wins away from each other, and and that's the same sort of happening points Western Conference right now at the NHL. You know, it's every game, and you kind of felt it before the All Star game, but you feel it even more now. Every game, every point is so huge right now for everyone in the West because sixty points right now is the eighth place, and ninth is fifty nine, tenth is fifty eight, a fifty seven is eleven, fifty six is twelve. And fifty and forty three are thirteen and fourteen. Like every team, it's again except for the Kings, is is realistically an option to get in. Yep. Um, so it's it's there's so much movement. It's one point is separating from ten from from eleven or twelve. Like it's 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 crazy to me that this division is so. And and you look at the top, Jordy. 66 points for the Avalanche in second place right now. That's only six points ahead of the eighth place team. So the Avalanche, they've their goalie was hurt. They've had some injuries. They're finally getting healthy now. The Blues are bullying teams. That's going to run out eventually. The Stars are the Stars. They have enough firepower to make it. They'll be a first-round exit like normal. Vancouver intrigues me, like you saying, the young talent, the this, the that. Vegas, we know what they can do. Edmonton, that to me seems like the weakest team and, and the Coyotes, those are the two weakest teams that are currently in the playoffs to continue that role. But you think about where Edmonton was a year ago, Jordy, the turnaround that they've had to be a playoff team again. You know, they're two years ago, their playoff team. Last year, they were one of the worst teams in the league, and this year, playoff team again as of now. So that's a big uh, upgrade, if you ask me. But I think the West is too too hard to predict, too tough to handle right now because it's just such – there's one point here and there separates two from from fifth or two from twelve. So it's the difference between two and twelve is is ten ten points literally. Minnesota is fifty six. Colorado has sixty six. That's that's ten points separates two from twelve. So we're nowhere close to having a a good idea of where the Western Conference is going to be come playoff time. No, I totally agree with you. I mean, especially because the Pacific Division, I feel like, especially literally the in the Battle of Alberta, but they're all beating the absolute crap out of each other. And there's some inconsistencies. Some teams just use different styles, too. Dallas and, and Arizona like to play those lower-scoring defensive games, grind it out. St. Louis, you'd think that they like to grind it out, given how physical they are, but they can also score on a dime. And then Colorado is is one of the more insane run and gun teams, and despite having goalie issues, has you know still been a great defensive team. So I don't know. You're hey, absolutely quick, right that it's so hard to predict because because of where everybody is. Um, it's insane to me. Okay, that real quick, yeah. It has to be three and three, and then the final two can be from wherever. Yeah, that's exactly for what it playoff is. teams. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. All right. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah awesome. All right. Let's move on. Five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so the to go over to the east. Um, a lot still, five minutes for you and I, by the way. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought that 
I was going to say that at the top of the show. Like, it's supposed to be, in theory, about an hour. This is still going to be, like, a three-hour podcast. But you and, I, you, and I, you and I just bring fire take after fire take. People love what we have to say. Yeah, we just like to yell at each other. I mean, it's – Greg, we're, we're a regular Skip and Shannon, undisputed. So, although you've been giving me a lot of praise today. You've been saying I'm, exact, I'm 100% right, 100% right. So, good hey, for me. Uh, I, what I do you guys feel like the next two topics we're going to uh, – you might rile me up a little bit, buddy. Eastern Conference. Let's say about the East. Your Bruins are still on the top. They've they're warding off. As of today, today today was the day they took over the top. They've over the they've been or yesterday you mean last night? Sorry, yeah, when they won last night. I was just talking about the Atlantic Division, but okay, uh, you're talking about in the East in general. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's still Bruins and Capitals by both by over five points. I still think it's them. Pencil them in in the Eastern Conference Finals. That being said, the Tampa Bay Lightning have more wins than the Bruins. The Bruins just, uh, they like to lose in overtime. <laughs> and the Penguins have as many wins as the Bruins. Uh, and a, f- a good friend of, of yours, Greg, that you were uh, giving a little crap to would uh, remind you of a certain lead the Bruins lo- blew in Pittsburgh about a, uh, two or three weeks ago. But I still feel confident in them. Their defense is outstanding. And even with Tuka Rask out with his concussion, Halak has been awesome to watch. Their defense looks Rask, great. Rask has, been, Rask has been back since the All-Star break. But oh, has he? The, Shit. My bad. Yeah. The biggest – no, that's cool. The biggest thing the Bruins need – you talk about the defense. Their team defense is unbelievable. If we learned anything from last year's Stanley Cup is they got bullied because they didn't have guys like Kevin Miller, Adam McQuaid. They weren't healthy. Uh, they got bullied by the by the Blues. So, if anything, they need to go out and get a big bruising type. I was talking about this today. They need to – the Bruins – not going to happen, but I think they should very seriously and legitimately go after Dustin Bufflin. Yeah, I mean, that's a possibility because we didn't talk about this. It's kind of trade deadline related, but he and the Jets are working on a contract termination. And I don't know if that means that he wants to play this year, but – if they could, or if Tampa goes out and gets him, or really anybody, Washington, he fit perfectly into into the Islanders system, who have found their way back into third place in the Metro. But um, yeah, yeah, he he becomes sorry, a huge. Sorry. We're, we're talking. We're, we're yeah, he does. And but we're talking. We're talking about um the top of the, the East. But I think the top of the East is going to be the top of the East. The, the teams are going to like you know Boston's going to make it, Washington's going to make it, Tampa's going to make it, the Penguins are going to make it. They always make it. Oh, yeah. Those four teams are. Those four teams are locks to me. Then you get Islanders, Columbus, Philadelphia, the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, Toronto Maple Leafs. You could throw the Canadians in there. That's seven teams fighting for five spots, four spots. Well, so the way that you ordered it off is in order of points. The crazy thing with it is that Florida is in because they're third in the the Atlantic. They have less points than the Flyers, who are the second wild card team. Uh, Flyers just say also, Florida's in, but they're only the, Florida's in, but they're only one point ahead of Toronto. Which is, yeah. Toronto is definitely catching them. Toronto, Toronto I think, is yeah. going to make a little run here. But yeah, I think so too. Their offense is so good that even with like all the goalie issues they've had, Freddie Anderson's hurt. They just acquired a guy. They acquired a couple defensemen. I don't know. Their defense is, is suspect at times, but their offense really catches up to it. It's they're the over for them. Greg, the over last night for them in, in New York, where they lost to the Rangers like 5-2, it 
or no, it was more than that. It was like five three or something. But it was it was seven. Which it never the over over unders for hockey usually are five and a half, six or six and a half, and six and a half is like you're getting some close to even odds. It was seven, granted, at dog odds, hit it, not, not a big deal. But that's because their goalies are banged <laughs> up, their defensemen are all over the place. But their offense can it can really score at will. They've scored 194 goals. Florida, by the way, at 190, sneakily just run and gun all over the place with Huberto and all them. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out of just being whatever. Bobrovsky's looked pretty solid with them and everything. I know they've lost a couple games, but I wouldn't completely count them out. Um, but what's wild to me is that Florida Florida is a point behind would solidly be in the Western Conference playoff. They're a point behind the Canucks in terms of just overall points. They'd be second place in the Pacific Division, and arguably would make a incredible playoff series to watch because of how 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 entertaining both offenses are with you know somewhat brand name defense yeah, and and i mean i would like to see philly in over carolina because at least philly would get the bruins ready for the stanley cup final unlike carolina did last year who fucking shat the bed i'm so, so done with their goddamn storm swords or whatever bullshit they do so last so, thing then with those three metropolitan teams, Columbus, the Flyers, and Carolina, power rank them for me of what you've seen of those three teams. Not just who you want to oh, see in the Jesus. playoffs. It's so tough because Columbus is playing such that like they they're 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 sparked around this this young goalie Elvis. They're in on paper they should be the worst team. Oh yeah, of the three on paper. But for whatever reason they're playing Inspire, for whatever reason they're playing this this brand of hockey that you throw out the Red Wings, they've the... scored the least goals in the Eastern Conference. Columbus has. Uh, and and they the problem the the on the reverse side they they've given up the least. Yeah. Right. They've given up because only, of how good Elvis the only has been team, the, and Corpusalo before that. But they they've they've given up one thirty five. The Bruins give up one thirty eight. The Bruins are second lowest. So like that just speaks to how good the Bruins are playing, but also the defense that you were talking about. But that speaks to Columbus's team. the 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 fact that they're, you know, letting up so few goals. They're eight one and one. Their last ten, on paper, they should be the worst. But in theory, you have to power rank them the best right now. Yeah. Um, to me, Philadelphia is such a hot and cold team, especially on the road. If they can't win on the road and they can't figure things out there, um, I don't know what their schedule looks like coming down the final gamut of things. But if they have more road games than home games. It's tough to put them ahead of Carolina. Um, um, it's still more home games at the moment because uh, they've, they've been on Philly. the road a ton. But they they have a lot the of biggest... the thing with the Flyers. They have they they still haven't been to Washington yet. They're going for the first time Saturday, then later in March. Capitals really good home team. They have to go to Columbus a couple times. <laughs> They're terrible in Columbus traditionally. That's the really concerning thing for me as a Flyers fan is how bad they've been on the road and who they have to go visit still. And the, and the biggest problem with the Flyers is the same problem we've, they've had is is no defense and and inconsistent goaltending. So yeah, well Carter Hart's been hurt, so that's to me that's been their to problem. Me, I ha- last to me, I have Well, to finish my point, to me, I have to put Carolina ahead of Philly. I want Philly in yeah. over Carolina, but to me, Carolina has to be power ranked second over. I would agree Philly. with you though. As a Flyers fan, I'd agree. Obje- or rather, objectively, I would agree. Subjectively, I'd love to see the Flyers hopscotch over everybody, but you know, baby steps. Um, no, 
Imagine, imagine Philly Boston's first oh round. Oh my god! Rematch of, of when the Bruins should have won the cup but blew a three zero lead. No, the rematch was the next year where you swept the Flyers and didn't win the and did win the cup. Just saying, it's one one. We need the rubber match. <laughs> All right, what what's saying. the next topic? Anyway, so keep it with the Flyers. Uh, this is our first fan submitted segment submitted in by the one you said set the bar so low. Greg, he had the highest by far voted subject on the on the poll I set up on the Facebook group. If you want to join, search the bullpen cart on Facebook, by the way. But Greg, because it's been over a month since I've had you on, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk about your friend. The one Mr. Grit. The Gritmas man himself. Gritty. And the investigation that Philadelphia police spent our hard-earned taxpayer dollars in investigating... A man trying to say that Gritty, a grown man, took a full-speed run at his son and punched him. <laughs> now, Gritty, after the, uh, the, hard, the hard-earned Philadelphia taxpayer dollars, of which I am one with our city wage tax, they found that Gritty did not assault this child, this 13-year-old, or this teen, 13-year-old boy, and they acquitted him. And Jared wants to know our thoughts about it. So, Greg, we'll start with you, because we haven't even got any thoughts from you. So, for those who are avid listeners, loyal listeners, heard me trash this... We did not, not confirm that Gritty's an adult male, but heard me trash the person in the Gritty costume for for punching a little boy... Well, I, uh, what we assume identifies as a boy. Punching a little kid, child... Uh, full speed run, as you mentioned. A full full speed run, as you mentioned. I was hammering this this ugly worst <laughs> mascot in all sports, hammering him or her, whatever Gritty identifies as. And now I must say, great job by the police. Big police fan. Just because Gritty got acquitted could simply mean there's not enough evidence. It's he said, she said. No show me the film. Co-ops. Show me the film. Show me the show me why was this event not every 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 room you walk into has a security camera. Where's the security camera footage of this? Where why are the did the flyers delete it? Where are the eyewitnesses? Why are the flyers why did the flyers delete the video? Let's start there. Where's the conspiracy oh, theories come out? Jordy You want to talk about deleted Jordy, videos? Jordy Patriots Gritty. fan real, delete videos, real, huh? Real, real quick, real quick. The the mascot, the mascot game, the NHL All Star game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you were told by a fan to talk about it in the podcast, and you didn't. Is now our me. time to do it, or sh- or should we continue? Did you ask for me to do it, and I just ignored you. Me, it was my roommate. She tweet even tweeted at, or direct message or tweeted at Thunder the the Thunder BLG on Hold Twitter. On, I'm checking the Twitter. If it was you, I don't feel bad. But if it was your roommate, I feel. Why do you still call her your roommate? You're married now. It was a th- It was a th- Whoa! We don't want to give away who I live with. How dare you? <laughs> People who follow me on Instagram know I went to your wedding. It was on social media. <laughs> But seriously, you got a DM from a fan, someone who listens, 
and you refuse when? just refuse to talk about topics. Just like just like the Flyers deleted the evidence of Gritty beating up a little kid. When did she tweet at me? I see no tweet. You found her. I see no tweet. Mm-hmm. I'll have to consult with my roommate tomorrow. Yeah. But anyway, we can talk about the, we can talk about the mascot game for the, it was direct, uh, it was, the minute we it was, have. It was, it was direct message to... Uh, I just looked account. at it. We have no DM. Jared sent me a DM of the, of the Kansas City Chiefs parade. That he also sent to our softball group, so I responded to it there. Check your apps. Check I just your checked apps the apps. Add, it's not there, app. but I apologize, Laurel. We can talk about the mascot game now with the 50 seconds we have left in the segment. Do you watch any of it? I did not, so tell me about it. Ugh. Oh, my God. you. This is absurd. My roommate was on a laughing fit for, for, for 20 minutes. That's how unbelievable it was. First and foremost, Gritty... For as big as he is, moves around pretty well. You got to oh, feel bad great. for the mascots that. Well, you got to you got to feel bad for the mascots that have the huge, oversized bodies because, realistically, they could be the most athletic people. But you just can't skate and things like that. Now, with that said, my guy, the Bruins mascot, on a, or it's it's a female confirmed. She's in a woman wears the suit, but it's a bear, so we don't really know male or female. But on a breakaway and gritty out of nowhere, even though they're teammates. Trips. Trips. Oh, man. The Bruins mascot. The Lord of And Grit. he didn't mean to because, well, the Gritty oh, he didn't definitely mean to. He's just that bad of a skater. No, he's just that bad of a skater if you watch the replay. Um, but the Western Conference absolutely dominated. There's one guy uh, my roommate felt really bad for. I believe it was the Columbus Blue Jackets mascot. Literally, oh, the I don't think the mascot. I don't think the mascot knew how to skate. Literally couldn't move. Ugh. Was, I thought interesting as a as a mascot of of, a, of an NHL team you can't skate, but um, you should watch it for those who haven't seen it. Our five minutes are up. Gritty, show me the show me the film. I refuse to apologize. Show me the show me the show me the security tapes, and and I'll believe you then. All right. Well, anyway, Greg, we move on to the next fan submitted segment. <laughs> Greg, this is one that uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with. Submitted in by my roommate, my fiance, the the wonderful third and girl. Greg, do you watch The Bachelor at all? Not a single second ever. Oh man, you're missing out, my friend. You want me to tell you about The Bachelor? I don't care. I'm telling you about it. I, 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 you couldn't. No, you. Okay, I'm gonna let you tell me about it. But here's the thing. You tell me about it, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll rebuttal with, based on your talk. Let's hear it. All give, right. Give me a rundown of of why I should watch The Bachelor, oh, especially man. this season. Oh well, first of all, this season has been the most entertaining Bachelor season. For one, the host Chris Harrison always says, "This is the most dramatic season ever." He's not lying. This time, no. Normally, it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And last year, The Bachelor jumped over a wall. And Chris Harrison goes, holy shit, you fucking did it. The girls that are on this season are all, aside from like two of them that are still on, are all complete batshit and awesome. And anyone that's even kind of likable then takes a turn and ends up being the villain. There was this girl, Tammy, 
who she comes on. Greg, she's from Syracuse. You would have loved her being from Syracuse. She's a house flipper. She's all over the place. She's Miss Congeniality on the group dates because that's what they do. That Some girls get to go on a one-on-one with the guy and all the rest go on a group date. So it's one guy, a bunch of girls. She was, you know, she was the most lively there. Then all of a sudden, she's just shit-talking everybody. And everybody's, like, throwing it back in her face. Tammy, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you shit-talking? And then they finally had her and this other girl who's just making it all about her. This girl, McKenna, who spells it M-Y-K-E-N-N-A. She turns it all about her. And they end up having this double date where it's two-on-one with Peter. Pilot Pete is what we call him because he's a pilot. And they end up sending Tammy home because Tammy got too dramatic. But then, but then, Greg, so they go to the rose ceremony and the greatest gifable moment of The Bachelor ever, ever fucking happens where McKenna doesn't even get a rose. She got sent home anyway. And she gets this huge frown on her face. Literally looks like Charlie Brown, upside down you. Look it up, McKenna frown. It's a gif all around the internet, a meme, great reactions. Um, Kelly, the attorney from Chicago, she's still there. She's awesome too, Greg. You'd like her. Real meat and potatoes. You know, hardworking girl. She's an attorney, works with her with her whole family. All of her brothers are chirping her when they show her like hometown package. Right before she comes on the show, they're like, oh, you're going to be on The Bachelor. And she's just like, the whole time she's kind of like, oh my God, all this, you know, all these girls are super dramatic. So I like her a lot. Um, there's Madison, whose dad is an assistant coach at Auburn, and she like just graduated from college and played college basketball. Uh, she kind of looks like Alex Morgan, so that's kind of cool. But um, she's super nice. She though, outside of the show, on the show she's not dramatic at all. But outside of the show, Greg, you probably heard about this. She replied. She I heard about any of it. She so Greg. She got caught in the Kevin Durant. In like in Kevin Durant burner style, she commented on one of her own Instagram pictures of a screenshot from The Bachelor saying, "Oh my God, Maddie, you look so great. That date was fun." From her own account, she forgot to change accounts. All these girls are crazy. I didn't think I didn't I I, I didn't even know people outside of celebrities did burner accounts or, or sorry Kevin yeah. Durant did burner accounts. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that was a thing. Do I? Do we need to create a burner account for the Thunderblog so we can start getting more social activity? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we hire somebody. Oh. Hire. So by, back and by, to the and by that means just you can come over to my house and have beer with me or wine and watch The Bachelor. Back to The Bachelor, Jordy. Yeah. You went off the rails there. You talked about triple dates, team dates, miscongeniality, single dates. Oh, man. Girls getting sent home and being sent home. Not roses. Like you're all over the map, so you didn't do a great job describing the show. I understand the basics. It's guy or girl picks out from list of people, and then you know they all get alone time and blah 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 and X Y and Z and one thing leads to another. They play a game called Just the Tip, and then they send them home right after they have sex and blah blah blah. That and, is actual, that's actual factual. The fantasy suites. It's final three though. So I'm gonna and describe. So Emily wanted me to play a game with you. I get so the rose thing. Thought. I get. I get the rose thing. I get the rose thing. But the point is that at this point, how many seasons are we in? This is season 24 of The Bachelor. Okay, season 24. At this point, you're talking about these girls being crazy and dramatic, and et cetera, et cetera. 
do you not think season 24, the producers or whomever said, all right, ladies, let's be the most dramatic. Let's like be the, be the biggest character you can be one. So they, the girls themselves become famous and two, so the bachelor can get good ratings. Are these girls in it for love? Is the guy in it for love? Is every, oh, is anyone there for love or is everyone there just to get famous? Greg, I'm so glad you asked me. So Emily wanted me to play a game with you. And we're bas- we are out of time on the five minutes, but I'm- I do want to play the game. I'd be remiss, and we'd get a lot of shit if I didn't. I'm going to describe a couple scenarios to you, Greg. And I want you to Blow pick it. which one actually happened on The Bachelor this season. So, I'm going to give you, you three scenarios, question? and you're going to pick one. Can you answer one. my question? Are people, are, people there for, for, are people there for love or to get famous? I'm saying to get famous. And what kind of show is that? So, Greg, uh, I'm really glad you asked that because that's a part of the game. Okay. So one, let's call it Champagne Gate, was one of the girls brought a bottle of champagne from her house that she got for her birthday, claimed she'd had it for years, and in reality reveals she got it for one year, one year ago, her last birthday. She left it out for Peter. She wanted to go grab Peter to have some champagne. Another girl sees it, grabs Peter... And gets and he has the champagne with girl number two instead of the girl who brought the champagne. So that's scenario number one. Scenario all number two. Move. All all time move. Scenario number two. One of the girls is accused of being there for all the wrong reasons. It's a Greg, it's a phrase that's commonly used on The Bachelor of are they there for love or are they there for the wrong reasons to get famous? So Peter sends her home. Then she just shows back up the next week, and Peter decides to bring her back. So that's scenario two. <laughs> scenario three, the girls all unionize against Peter because they're sick of his shit because he's being a fuckboy. So that's scenario number three. Greg, which one do you think actually happened on this season of The Bachelor? So it's tough. I'm, one in, I'm between one and two right now because... One, you gave so much detail about how the girl lied about the champagne from seven years ago versus last year, and the one girl stole it. So I'm between one and two because I can very easily see two happening. Because in the preview, because you know during the Super or whatever during football they have all the previews going on. One of the previews was like them all being like, "Why is she back? Why is she back? Oh my god, I can't! Why is she here right now? This is my time." So oh, that's like every date though. Uh, but it had to do with like they were at a ceremony and someone came back to it. Mm. I don't know anything. It's just again the preview. Um, so I'm between one and two because you gave such intricate detail with one. You gave yourself away. You don't have a good poker face. I'm not. I'm not even looking at you right now. I'm just you don't have a good poker speak. <laughs> However, you did. You want to know, you want to know what the answer you is? Gave, it's it's the first one. Greg, the first one did happen. The second one, you're right. The second one, you're right. A girl did come back, and Peter brought her back onto the show. Her name is Alea. Number two did happen, and the girls, coming up to the next rose ceremony, all decided they were sick of Peter's shit. They didn't actually unionize, but effectively they unionized against Peter. So, Greg, the answer was the secret fourth option, all the above. Most dramatic season ever. The third one didn't happen. The third one didn't happen. So yes, it did. Three. I, I, won, I win the game. Greg, 
Well, two happened too. At least one and two happened, and number three did happen. So, Greg, the only way you could, the only way that you'll be able to figure it out is if you watch The Bachelor. See, I just inceptioned you watching The Bachelor. The, you, that would have to go back and watch old episodes to, to figure out which one was true. Just or not. get smart. Resume. It's the best. Anyway, I'm intrigued free- by the the. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the girl from Chicago. I'm intrigued by the girl. Uh, played basketball at Auburn, and I'm intrigued by this Syracuse girl who caused all this havoc. Even yeah, though she got sent home, though, spoiler. Tammy. But she might come back for spoiler Bachelor in alert. Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, alert. Greg, might be um, the way we get you into Bachelor, the Bachelor franchise. It's basically the all-star season where they bring back all the crazy people from the Bachelor and Bachelorette, throw them at a resort in Mexico, and get how, them super hammered. So so how is this show different than Real World Road Rules Challenge? How is it oh, the Challenge? Than- Greg, you watch the challenge. The next bus. How is it different than the next bus? How is it different the than next bus. all the shows? <laughs> Ra- Room Raider, Room Raiders. How is it different than all those MTV shows we grew up on? Oh, the challenge is still on. The challenge is great. Oh, real, 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 real world road rules challenge is still going. Yeah, but it's just it's just called the challenge. They dropped real world road rules because they bring on Let's people say, from other real MTV world, reality thought- shows. I thought the real world wasn't a thing anymore. No, the world the, the real world's coming is back. Room Raiders still? No, Room, Room Raiders, Raiders I think is thing? done. Remember that show? Every time there yes. was blacklight, every single time there was something dirty going on. Do you remember, uh, this is really inside our friendship. Do you remember in high school, we'd watch, like we'd just go up into the senior lounge and they'd always have some MTV reality show on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was great. We like and like yeah, you ch- and then you, at one point we no lost one had the remote. The channel was just stuck on that. Yeah, at one point we lost the remote, so it was just stuck on MTV. That's <laughs> uh, miserable. Uh, high school. Uh, All right. So anyway, what's the next uh, topic? Pull over. But yeah, so we have two more, Greg, and one is a Let's classic. Break. It's a classic. I threw it on the poll, so I suggested it, but it was voted for by my good friend Paul Kimball, who Greg, you'd like this guy. He's a fellow Patriots fan. It's like a carried away. He's a Patriots fan. You'd like him. Anyway. Let's, let's hear it. Stadium snacks. We're going to talk some stadiums. Like, fucking shit. Sorry. Uh, Arizona lost. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Degenerate Jordy's uh, having a bad night. Anyway. Stadium Jesus snacks. Jordy. Holy bleep. Get out of the table, Carlos. <laughs> Greg, you said to me that you have a scrumptious stadium snack. I want to hear about this while I pull mine up. I have so many. I have so many stadium snacks. Ugh. So for those that don't Unreal, know, I'm looking at this is a, to- this is a topic we do. Hey, the problem this is a topic we do on the baseball show, but we wanted to bring it back. Get us ready. The pro the problem is, Jordy. No one can describe food like you, so I almost want to send this to you so you can you can turn around and describe it for us. Oh, Greg, I got um, I got a pretty. Have you ever one. heard of some, Have you ever heard of something called the donut burger? At Citizens Bank Park. I have heard of this. Have you heard of it? I have. Is it from Federal Donuts? Okay. I don't know. Boardwalk Eats? Oh, Boardwalk Eats. Oh, yeah, Federal Donuts is... is I, that's what I thought. I thought it was, theirs was just a chicken sandwich, but I wouldn't surprise me if they also threw theirs on a... If they also threw a burger on there. It's, it's a new item. It's a new item. It's a new item. There's also a pizza cupcake at City Field, which... It basically looks like uh, the little, you know, the little donut, like the, uh, sorry, the little bagel, little bagels that they have, like the hole, the bagel holes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they stuff it with cheese and sauce. 
look unreal. Uh, and then another one, they have a goozy popsicle in Oakland, which is basically exactly what it sounds. Are these they new for 2020? Yes. Uh, yes. And then there's the thing, peanut butter and jelly candied bacon sandwich at Target Field. Yo. Yo. They also at Target Field have something called the Boomstick, which is, is a two-foot-long two hot dog, chili, nacho cheese, jalapenos, onions, and... You can put a whole bunch of other stuff on it, but it's two feet long. It's crazy, this thing. Um, I think I'm really into the peanut butter jelly candy bacon. Jordy, what's your stadium snack? Describe some food for me. I need to hear it. All right. So uh, you're not going to get a lot of descriptions, Greg, because these are pretty uh, pretty simple foods. But, Greg, I, I came across an article this weekend while uh, whilst getting ready for the weekend recap, which if you don't listen to, go, go do so. Um but so a great some... addition to the great addition to the podcast feed, your weekend recap. Nice you like job. it? Yeah, I would like it out Monday morning though, as opposed to like Monday night. I want yeah. I want the recap and the, before yeah. I get to work. So yeah, I can the last talk couple weeks have been tough. Coworkers. Two weeks ago, Kobe dying got me on autopilot for the rest of the day, and then uh, this past Sunday was the Super Bowl, so you didn't want to hear from me Sunday night. I was a little yeah, uh, expect... a little drunk. I did. No, uh, the whole the whole the whole point is I want to wake up Sunday Monday morning. And on my way to work, get a weekend recap so I can talk about it with the coworkers. So right. if you have well, to this Sunday, I'll, I'll record this Sunday. Don't don't you worry. Don't you worry. Yeah, if, you, if you have to stay, if you have to stay up till if you have to stay up till two a.m. to make sure I have a podcast by I might have to this weekend because of the Oscars. But we'll go jump on that in a second. Uh, my stadium snacks, though, I found this article uh, about what golfers on the PGA Tour like to eat on the course. And Greg, Ooh. some of these answers will surprise you. What do you think Tiger Woods is known ask. for to eat on the golf course? Mm, apparently, this is like a, apparently, it's a signature item of his. Butter jelly. Close. Peanut butter and banana. Crunchy peanut Ooh, butter, nice. to be exact, is the way that it was worded on this article. Crunchy peanut butter. Yeah, crunchy Yikes. peanut butter is the way. Whoa! Don't hate on the crunchy. Which is great. Again, five two. Stop it. Take a lap. Um, that's uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter Greg, and banana is like a, I'm getting smoked tonight on the gambling front. It's uh. Might have to take peanut a butter break. banana is a staple. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter banana is, yeah, great. banana is a staple. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, I was all right. What? That's a good one. Give me another one. Phil Mickelson. Who? What do you think he likes? A hint. Um. Are we talking meats? Are we talking... comes in a bag. Condiments again? Are we... What? It comes in a bag. Comes in a bag? Um... Cheetos. Mm, think more of the natural side of things <laughs> that come in a bag. I was going to say, well, he's California. He's definitely earthy granola. Uh, it has to be some sort of granola because he's, he's a Mr. California earthy granola. Snickers. Oh shit! Yeah, I get that. That's not natural, though. Almonds. Almonds is the answer. <laughs> oh, almonds. How's how granola? Snickers. Oh. Granola. <laughs> I said granola. That's close enough. I said granola. That's close enough. Snickers and granola aren't close. 
<laughs> granola and almonds are really close. You can oh, put God. almonds in granola. All right. Greg, the last subject of the night. This Sunday night. Hey, real, realistically, I said Snickers because I eat Snickers on the course. One Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. You just... It's a good way to cure the hangover. All right. Hey. What do we got here? Oscars, huh? Yeah, the Oscars. Last subject of the night. Greg, we've done this actually the last couple of years. We've talked about the Oscars. So I wanted this to be a topic. We talked about, got a couple of votes here uh, from a few, few of our friends. Matt Adams, Mike Clark both voted for this. So thank you guys for believing in us to vote for this. Greg, we'll start with uh, just movies we've seen that have been nominated. Um, have you, I know you try to cover as many as you can. How did that go this year? Uh, I saw The Irishman. I saw Little Women. It's 1917. You saw 1917? Uh, unreal movie. That, to me, is going to win. Okay. I have not seen it. I might try to I might I, try to check that or, or Parasite out this weekend. 1917, to me, is, is going to win, uh, in my opinion. Parasite, I've heard good things about. I, everyone was saying Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was going to win, and then... 1917 because it came out so late it came yeah. out into the year that it's like a late it's the bcs oh the yeah the oilers just scored dirty but um yeah 1917 came out so late that it's like now for me to win it's so it's, not uh, it's okay. just the over all right yeah um parasite jordy is one of those things that's like it's it's one of those uh weird enough films like one of those, uh, one with a girl mixed out with the like the water creature, you know, that no one sees, but it's super, yeah, it's super RC and no one sees, and and but it might win because that's what the Oscars do, and they they got burned for not uh, having diversity or women in it, so they just, they're going to give it to Parasite because of the South Korean guy. I could, I mean, oh, I have a, I have a feeling Parasite could upset 1917, but I really think 1917 should win. My opinion. What do you got? So I I have not seen either 1917 or Parasite of Best Picture noms. Seen The Irishman, seen Joker. Uh, I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I really like. That's my favorite of those three. I've heard really good things about Little Women. I've heard really good things about 1917, as you just said. I feel like 1917 has the buzz. I feel like Parasite has the buzz. Part of why I want to see Parasite because that's available. I think it's on Netflix or Hulu, one or the other. Um, so I can check that out with having to go do it. I do want to see 1917 in theaters because I feel like that's the, really the only way to properly do it. So maybe maybe Sunday I go do that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's one of those years where I want to try to check out as much as I could. And I kind of missed some. Like Ford versus Ferrari was out. I think that was out in like November. And I just completely missed out on when that was. Jojo Rabbit kind of went here and there. I saw Joker mainly just because... Need to get out of the house one day. It's like a Sunday where the Eagles lost, and I ended up going to see it. Dark ass movie. Um, but yeah, I've heard Marriage Story is really good. A lot of people are pretty high on that. A lot of people are high on that. With uh, you're four. all over the map. You're all over the map. You're all over the map. Pick a winner. Oh, you just wanted me to pick. You were asking what I thought about the movies. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, I of the ones I've seen, I'd pick Once Upon a Time. But I think I, I agree with you. I think 1917 is going to win. Um, yeah, that's the safe option, but they're yeah. going to give it to Parasite because of the whole uh, the whole so shape of water, shape of water bullshit. Um, best director, we can skip over that. Nineteen Seventeen is going to no, win. No, I think Tarantino's going to win it. He did such a Sam meticulous Mendes. job with with that movie. 
He either wins that or be, or think, best screenplay. He could win both. Hand, he wrote himself. He wrote himself. I think it was Sam Mendes, 1917, because because they filmed it. They did like a new filming style, 1917. They had one. Basically, the movie is one shot the entire time, so it's like they don't cut from scene to scene. It's didn't Birdman you literally do that? follow. You literally follow two act. No, because Birdman, you cut in between scene and scene. 1917 is you follow the two actors literally for two hours and or however long it is in a day in a single day. Mm. So it's a 24 My hour understanding. movie. Well, it's a two hour movie because it's the movie's <laughs> only two hours. I'm fucking with you. Um, um, best actor, what do you got? Ooh, I feel like Joaquin Phoenix is going to win because they love him. Yeah, Leo, I heard, did really good. Okay, so we should we should for the fans. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Leo, Once Upon a Time, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Jonathan Price, The Two Popes. Um, I'm gonna say Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I think so too. He did a really good job with it. There's something that there's like a staying power about that movie that kind of sticks with you. I'd love Leo to win another Oscar. I really liked him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think, though, Brad Pitt's got a better shot at winning supporting than Leo does for actor. Uh, I could see them throwing it like Jonathan Price go something kind of crazy with two popes. Uh, I, know that, I think a lot of people really like that movie. But, yeah, I think considering how I think how big of a landslide he won the Golden Globe. I know that's not one thing leads to another, but I'm talking about Phoenix. Um, I think that's probably probably the safe bet. I'd like DiCap- DiCaprio, though. But, Chris, uh, best actress, Renee Zellweger, Judy, Cynthia Eero, Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Cerise Ronan, Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell. I butchered all of their names. To me, Jordy, before you give your pick, this was a weak act, uh, best actress class, in my opinion. Who do you got? Uh, apparently, it's it's going to be a runaway for Renee Zellweger. Apparently, Judy was kind of an eh movie, but she does a really good job in it. Uh, so I, apparently, it's it's almost hers. Lock it up. Kind of cool though that ScarJo is nominated for both Best Act- Actress and Best Supporting Actress, though. That is that is really cool. I, Charlize Theron, I heard, did an unbelievable job in Bombshell, or she did do an unbelievable job in Bombshell. So I think Renee. I don't know. I, I never saw Judy, but. I didn't either. Uh, I've just heard that. I've anyway. heard that she did. That, that's kind of like, the, like the I've heard that worst kept secret. Too. Supporting actor Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time, Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, Two Popes, Al Pacino, Irishman, Joe Pesci, Irishman. I thought Tom Hanks, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I thought he would. I thought he was the lead actor. I didn't realize that he was supporting. Yeah, that, apparently I that's thought, what a lot of people didn't like about A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is that they marketed it as this as this Mr. Rogers Mr. Movie. Rogers but it ended up being about like a journalist writing a story about Mr. Rogers oh that's dumb yeah alright sorry so you you think it's Brad Pitt you said that Pitt. earlier correct yeah I think Pacino and Pesci okay. probably split the Irishman vote and, and Pitt takes it I liked him more too than, than Pacino and Pesci they both did a good job in the Irishman but Brad Pitt just it's he brings so much charisma does a really good job in that movie and kind of at certain points, carries it, and that's kind of the point of his role. Um, there's an argument to be made that he could have also been a Best Actor nominated, considering how much he's in the movie. But um, him and him and Leo being split really bodes well for uh, Cliff Booth, Pitt's character. Is it true he's never won an an Oscar like as an individual? Like he's won it with movies, but never. Yeah, I don't think he's won an acting category. He's won Best Picture before because oh. he was he's been a producer of so many different 
so many different best picture movies. I think including Twelve Years Never. That's wild. He's never won one on his own. That's that's crazy. Um, best supporting actress. Moving on. Lauren Dern, Marriage Story. Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh, Little Women, Margot Robbie, Bombshell. Jordy, you were talking about this earlier. Um, in terms of Scarlett Johansson, two categories. Good for her. Jordy, what do you got? Uh, I have not seen Marriage Story, but I've heard Laura Dern is one of the best parts of it, so I think she's going to take it. And I feel like she's one of those actresses that people love her, like yeah. and, like Academy loves her, blah, 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 so she'll win just because of that. Um, Justice for Holdo. Women, uh, Margot, Margot Robbie did really good in Bombshell. Uh, and Florence Pugh did really good in Little Women. So it's, again, another weak category. The women didn't bring the punch this year. Neither did the men, really. Um, original screen pit play, Jordy. Parasite, Once upon time Knives I Out. Heard. Well, okay. So Parasite, Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are the five movies. You think it's a lock for Once Upon a Time? I don't think it's a lock, but I think the Academy loves... A Tarantino original script. So I think they're going to go with him. They're going to do him or Parasite for a similar reason of the Parasite for Best Picture. All right, Parasite. I did you watch Knives Out? I've heard that's really good. I heard it's like very. It's like a murder it mystery. Was really good. Yeah. Have you seen it? It was. It was really. Yeah. It was really good. Uh, it was really good. Nice. Unique. I mean, yeah, I think Parasite wins. I know you want Once Upon a Time, but I think Parasite wins because they're not going to win Best Picture. 1917 won't win Best Picture. 1917 was just two shorts. It's literally a two-hour time of a random day, so for that reason, it just can't win. But uh, I would love Once Upon a Time, but I think Parasite and Bong Joon-ho, Han Jin-wan are going to win. San Jose scored again 6-3. So let's do this. You want to do this as the last one? What's the last one? Best adapted screenplay, and then wrap this thing up. Mm. Or there are other ones you want to talk about. Why don't we I feel, do? I feel like all the rest are kind of let's they're do... kind of crapshoots anyway. I guess we could do animated too. Just say let's just do animated and call it a day. Well, I think best adapted is either going to be Little Women or The Irishman. Uh, all right, hang on, I'm down the rabbit hole. Let me get back up there. What's it called? Best, best adapted, adapted screenplay. It's The Irishman, uh, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and The Two Popes. I feel like if the Joker train's really running, this might be a really a really good hint at how well at how much steam Joker has. If they if Todd Phillips wins for this, that might bode I've, well for I've it. Heard, but I feel like Little Women was so popular. Jordan. What was that, Greg? Oh, yeah, I was listening to you. Sorry. Oh yeah, I just Little I feel Women like was so popular. Little Women was so popular that I feel like it it. For Greta Gerwig not being nominated for Best Director, and really, I feel like for how well the movie did outside of Saoirse Roni being nominated and Florence Pugh, I just feel like this might be a good way to give the movie the nod and the credit it deserves for what it did, uh, especially with just other movies in, in the you know the Best Picture area, Greta Gerwig not being nominated for Best Director. This might be a good way to, to kind of rectify that mistake. I think it's gonna to go to Jojo Rabbit. I think um, that'd be interesting. He he won the he won the Writers Guild Award for this. I think um, the Jojo Rabbit movie. I mean, the jokey Anna Taylor. I think it was 
Have you seen, uh, that was a pretty funny movie. Have you seen it? I've not seen it, but I like Taika Waititi a lot. Basically, it's it's this kid's imaginary best friend is it's Hitler, Hitler. Right? yeah, and yeah, and it turns out that his mom's actually hiding Jews, and he's conflicted because he realizes that whatever. So then he tries to turn these. He falls in love with the Jewish girl who's like sixteen, he's twelve or whatever, and he tries to he turns them in at one point and then he like fights back and forth with his magic friend Hitler and it's a whole thing. It's pretty funny. Anyway, uh animated feature, Toy Story Four, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, and Missing Link. Toy Story Jordy, Four? I didn't see uh, any of these movies. Does that mean all four Toy Stories won or no? I don't think did Toy Story Three win? Toy Story 3 was the last sequel to win. Oh, wow. Oh. I mean, Pixar wins every year. Uh, Klaus, it says, swept the Annie Awards, whatever that means. Uh, Netflix, I Lost My Body, has highbrow fans, too. Uh, Toy Story 4 is probably going to win, is what this thing says. Yeah, All right. Yeah. All right. Jordy, that was a great 10 topics, uh, 10 minutes. Um... Ten, five minutes? <laughs> I mean, it's basically 10 topics, two hours. Uh... <laughs> uh, good for us. Yeah, good good job by us. Well, Greg, I appreciate it, man. Uh, glad to have you back on. Glad to have the, the co-captain here. But I think that's going to do it. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for submitting. Again, if you want to join our Facebook group, go to just search the bullpen cart on Facebook, search it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, subscribe, leave a nice review. We'll give you a shout out, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter, Thunder BLG, Instagram, Thunderbog sports, just like the website. And for my man, Greg Piatelli, I am the G man. Have a great weekend, everybody and go flyers. <laughs>